Welcome into this week's episode of Cape Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Carmen. We are so excited to welcome Josiah Gray on for today's episode. Josiah was drafted in the second round in 2018 by the Cincinnati Reds and now pitches for the Washington Nationals. He was a part of the Chatham Anglers team in the summer of 2017. Josiah, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Doing great. Down here in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. You know, spring training just started and it's been great so far. And, you know, glad to recap, uh, you know, my summer in the, ca- in the Cape and, you know, so as you mentioned summer 2017 a part of that anglers team crazy it's five years ago from now I uh, obviously grew up in New York not too far from the Cape so kind of what was your first thought of being able to play in the Cape League and having that opportunity you know, it was great uh, you know my coach up at college up at Lemoyne College you know approached me about the opportunity uh, the fall of 2016 kind of just saying, hey, we have some interest to you out there. You know, what do you think? You know, my first answer is like, where? And, you know, I was like, awesome, let's do it. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Cape is the most elite collegiate league out there in the summer. And I was all for it. It was obviously just as a pitcher because I played shortstop a little bit as well. But, you know, I was all for it. And, and you know, everything, uh, you know, that summer was awesome. You were obviously one of the only D2 players to play there that summer. The Cape's super competitive, a lot of Division I players. So how much did that mean to you that you were able to play there on a full contract? Yeah, I, I think that's the reason, you know, or part of the reason I'm where I am today. You know, I went out to the Cape with a full contract as a D2 guy, which doesn't happen. And early on, you know, I hit, you know, a few road bumps and, you know, I didn't have great outings. And, you know, if I wasn't a temporary contract, probably would have got released and then would have had to find another team. But in having a full contract, you know, they kept putting me out there and I ended up being able to turn my summer rounds and, you know, more or less turn my career rounds uh, out there in the Cape. And, uh, you know, having that, having been afforded that opportunity, especially in Chatham as well, you know, definitely changed my career for the better. So you ended up leading the team in appearances, was a Cape League all-star. You made a huge impact on that summer after that little bit of a bumpy road. Kind of what was the biggest switch for you in that transition and realizing like that you had to kind of turn things around there? Honestly, just continue to fill up the strike zone and, and just go out there with complete confidence. I think, you know, early on when I was running into some troubles, you know, I was always like, man, this guy went to UNC or he went to Florida State. I can't get him out because I went to Lamar College. And once I sort of put that in the back of my mind, you know, I started to have a lot more success just because, you know, a fastball is a fastball, a slider is a slider, no matter division one, division three, or division two, obviously. And, you know, having that mentality that I'm going to get that guy out helps so much. And once I stopped thinking about, you know, the, the school attached to the guy or, you know, the stat line or anything like that, you know, I went off and had a, had a, a great rest of the summer and, you know, great rest of, uh, you know, a junior year into the draft. And then obviously, you know, super competitive down there, as I mentioned, were there any players that summer that kind of gave you a little bit more troubles than others or players that you would kind of see come up to the plate and be like, oh, here we go again? <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, I was playing at YD one day. Uh, it was the start of like, you know, that, that bumpy path, I guess. And Nico Horner hit a home run off me. And 
not even two years later, you know, he was debuting in the big leagues. And I always bring up like, hey, when someone asks him, like, hey, he had a home run off me in 2017. So he's the first guy that comes to mind. Uh, you know, there was a there was someone that hit behind him that hit a home run, too. It was like back to back that I don't really remember their name, but I'm sure they're you know, in the minor leagues. It's not a big leaguer already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the two guys I can think about. Uh, you know, a lot of talent that I played that summer for sure. On the opposite side of the spectrum, kind of who made the biggest impact you from a player point of view? Obviously, you know, all these players from around the country coming to one team, spending those three months together. Who has left the biggest impact on you from that summer? Man, so many guys. Uh, you know, thinking back on my Saturn teammates, you know, I, I roomed with guys just like Andre Colante, uh, who's with the Cardinals, Cardinals prospect, Cameron Bishop, who's with the Orioles. Uh, just learning from those guys, you know, because they did play at those major Division One schools, and they had a lot more, I guess, uh, knowledge or just teaching in, in terms of pitching. So, you know, just bouncing stuff off of them. You know, I was only uh, closing, so I was only throwing, you know, one or two innings out there. But just hearing there, them talk about how they transitioned into starting, because, you know, my junior year, I went off and became a starter. So just hearing from them, you know, just kind of, asking them questions, uh, you know, went a long way for me. And I think, you know, that definitely helped make that summer a lot more um, valuable, just being able to be around those guys. From players to coaches, kind of what were your coaches like that summer? What impact did they have on you, not only going back to college, but now playing minors to majors? Oh, it was great. Uh, I think that was the last year John Schiffner was a manager out there. So, you know, that obviously meant a lot to him. That meant a lot to us, you know, being his last team out there. Uh, so he, he was a great manager to play for. And I, I remember texting him, you know, a few days after I got drafted in 2018, I, was, I just said, hey, man, thank you for everything. You know, definitely wouldn't be in this position without you, you know, bringing me out there. It's Adam, uh, the pitching coach, Rob Bono. I'm not too sure where he's at today, in terms of uh, coaching or anything like that, but he helped a lot uh, in terms of just mentality, going out there and attacking guys. And, you know, I can go off and list so many other guys, but those are probably the, the main two that had a direct impact on me. Obviously a ton of memories made in the quickest three months that flies by. What were some of the impactful ones that you still remember today, five years later? Oh man, so many. Uh, I guess even the first game, you know, we went off and played Falmouth. And this is, you know, I haven't played, uh, I guess, the highest level of baseball yet. So going out to Falmouth, you know, they have guys like Alec Bohm, you know, eventual big loser, big loser currently, uh, and a couple other guys. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. And, you know, just seeing the talent on each side was sort of mind-blowing to me. And also during that time, you know, the draft had just happened. So there were guys on my team, you know, that were like, uh, I don't know if I want to sign. I don't know if I want to play. Like, I might risk getting hurt. And just seeing that dynamic was really interesting to me. Uh, but, yeah, getting out there for, like, that first week of games was was eye-opening. Just seeing, you know, velocity, hitters hitting home runs, you know, top 100 prospects you know, out there just – just doing what they do. And it was, it was a lot of fun to go out there and watch guys just play. Cause I love baseball. I love just watching guys play. And that was, that was a lot of fun. So for that summer with the host family, kind of what was that experience like? What was like a day in the life of you back then? 
Uh, honestly, it was pretty simple. Uh, you know, out there, I had two host families. Uh, I'm not too sure if they're working with the team still, but uh, they were really good to me, you know, just providing for us whenever, you know, we needed in terms of, you know, meals, just because we weren't making much money and, you know, being athletes and stuff. Um, and, you know, just giving us a place to stay. I, I think that's the biggest thing out there is, you know, you want to be comfortable where you're at. And, and that was definitely uh, achieved with, you know, the host families I had out there. Uh, but I wasn't too foreign, I guess you could say, to the idea of host families. You know, in, in summers past, you know, I had host families, but um, definitely unique in, in, in the case just because of, you know, the level of baseball. But then, you know, you have a family that, you know, that's willing to house you um, in, in this elite league and, you know, you're just, you're just comfortable. So it definitely takes a little bit of a weight off your plate and allows you to just go out there and, and play baseball and, and get ready for the next day. So you mentioned other summers, obviously playing in different leagues is very different. What was the biggest thing you realized playing in the Cape compared to where you played prior? The competition. I think a lot of guys will, you know, re reiterate that. It's just the competition is like, uh, it's on a different level compared to what I saw uh, going into there. You know, guys were hitting fastballs that were, you know, upper to mid, mid 90s, upper 90s velocity. So I was very used to that uh, coming from a deficiency level. And I was like, all right, I need to adjust uh, because, you know, this is going to be a stepping stone for me, you know, getting into professional baseball. So just seeing guys, you know, that much better at the plate, that much better at the mound, uh, definitely opened my eyes to competition that, you know, was in the Cape, but also that is soon to come in professional baseball. And I think the Cape definitely prepared me for professional baseball and just seeing how guys are you know, working towards their goals, how guys get better, things like that. So from 2017 summer, 2018 drafted, then 2019 was quite the transition with three levels from single A to high, then double A. What was the biggest point that you realized you took from the Cape kind of into those transitions of playing minor league ball? Yeah, like I said, it was, you know, just the competition continued to get better and better. So I had to, you know, continue to get better and better, just refine my approach, you know, go out there, command the baseball better, you know, command my speed better. Uh, those things uh, always lead to success, but just seeing it and, and being there, you know, you have to be able to do it and prove it to yourself. So for me, <clears throat> going into minor league baseball and then having the yard they have in 2019, it was just a bigger uh, moment of just proving, you know, I could do it to myself. You know, that obviously all started at the Cape, you know, with the first introduction to really elite competition and then taking it on 2019, uh, you know, three levels and then uh, 2021 last year. So making that MLB debut in July of 2021, kind of take me through that experience, obviously a little bit different with COVID and not the quite the normal MLB debut. So what was that like for you? Honestly, it was great. Uh, COVID didn't limit it too much. Uh, I would say COVID, you know, impacted everyone in 2020 in terms of, you know, the baseball world, just not having a real season. Uh, but, you know, 2021 came into camp uh, ready to go and eventually got the call uh, mid-July. And, you know, that was a experience I'll never forget, you know, uh, making my debut at Dodger Stadium in front of 50,000 people against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, a day I'll never forget. Uh, it was 
awesome just being able to, you know, embrace that moment, you know, with family and friends after as well, you know, while doing pretty well, if, I'm, if I say so myself. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, everyone remembers their debut and, I, you know, I'll never forget that. And it, it'll be something I, you know, have stories for, for years and years to come. From the debut kind of to the first MLB start and then obviously a little bit of trades here. You were involved in pretty much two pretty big trades, obviously with some big name major leaguers. What did it feel like to be involved with that? Uh, man, it, it's tough, but, you know, you sort of just appreciate it just because more times than not, it means the team wants you. Uh, so, you know, being drafted by the Reds, you know, was a blessing. And then being traded to the Dodgers, um, was another blessing because, you know, they wanted me and, you know, the Reds had other motives and, you know, going to the Dodgers was, was awesome. And then obviously getting traded from the Dodgers to the Nationals was another, you know, moment of, Hey, we want you, we think you're big league ready. Um, you know, they want those guys. So, you know, I was, I was definitely shocked, but I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm open to the new opportunity and here I am in 2022, you know, uh, fighting for a rotation spot and that's all you want you want to be able to go out there and, and showcase your skills so you know the trades are they're going to happen because of the business of baseball but you know hopefully they don't happen for a few more years because uh, you know i'm kind of getting tired of it but um yeah you know it's part of the business and you and you just roll with the punches and go out there and, and suit up and, and make sure you go out there and do your job in september of 2021 you recorded your first major league win what was that like kind of in your mind, you know, you were out there against the Marlins, just like take me through the experience on the mound for that. Uh, super, super crazy. Uh, you know, I got called up in July and, you know, I've been working from, you know, July, August, I guess through the middle of September, you know, without a win, I think I had a few losses on my belt and I was like, man, when am I going to be able to get over this hump? And, you know, just going into Miami that day, uh, I wasn't, I hadn't been pitching well the last few days as well. And I just was like, all right, let me try and write this ship today. Went out there and, and threw the ball pretty well. I think it was six innings, uh, gave up two or so runs. And uh, there was a point in time that in the sixth inning where, you know, Alex Abula, who was my catcher at the time, came out to me, you know, after a mound visit and said, Hey, we're going to get through this. I think there was a run on first and second, uh, one out. We're going to get through this because it was, it was a similar situation I had been in earlier in the year, you know, where I let those runners score, tie game. I leave the game, no decision. Um, he says, hey, just trust me. We're going to get through this. So it's like, all right, you know, took a deep breath, struck out the next guy, got the next guy to pop out. I'm out the game. We end up scoring, you know, three or four runs next inning. You know, it was, it was in the cars that I was going to get to win. And, you know, that moment was, uh, was so fulfilling, you know, because I had been working for it for, for two months, you know, and everyone knew, everyone knew in the clubhouse that I had been working to try and get that first win and just to get it there in Miami. And, you know, with my team was, uh, like I said, something I'll never forget and, and was super fulfilling. So with anyone either viewing, listening, kind of what's the biggest advice you have for them, whether they're younger, whether they're kind of getting to that phase of getting drafted? the biggest advice you have for them when going through all these transitions? Honestly, I would say uh, work hard, which I'm sure a lot of people hear, but, but, you know, another one is just ask questions. 
I think there's so much knowledge out there in the game of baseball that, you know, look up, you know, if you look up to someone, you know, go out, reach out and ask them a question about, you know, what you have trouble with or what you should work on, things like that. You know, I am taking it upon myself, you know, this year to just ask guys to my left and right, hey, what are you, what are you thinking about throwing in this situation? What's your mentality, you know, going into a game day? What's your mentality, you know? Say you haven't thrown for a week or so just because of the way schedule's gone up. Like, what's your mentality? I, you know, I just want to start, you know, asking more questions. So that's my advice for any young player. You know, Instagram's a thing, Twitter's a thing. You know, just slide into someone's DMs and say, hey, you know, how do you throw this pitch? What are you thinking here? And I think that that will definitely go um, a long way along with, you know, putting in the work and, and doing things like that. So I have to ask, have you, what's the biggest like person that you've asked or the best advice you've received from someone? Oh man, there's so much, but I think, uh, you know, after getting traded, we were on the plane. Uh, so I was with the Dodgers still currently, but just got traded to the Nationals and, you know, uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, him and I talked for 30 seconds, if not shorter. <laughs> and he kind of just said, Hey man, just go over there, do your thing. Um, you know, it's a good opportunity. Uh, he he kind of uh, reminisced that he had never been traded, which everyone knows. Um, but he kind of just was like, go over there, do your thing, and, you know, make a name for yourself. You know, kind of just for me, that made it a point to be like, all right, make, make sure they regret this trade um, three years down the road, five years down the road. So that was probably one of the most influential moments I can think about in, in my short major league career because of you know the person that was saying those words but also you know the the truth behind it saying you know I have a great opportunity ahead of me in here in Washington you know it's a matter of me just taking advantage of it and going out there and competing and getting guys out so last thing before we close up our episode I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions and you have to give me the answers off the top of your head the first one's a little bit of a throwback. Um, so I have to ask, where was your favorite spot on the Cape? It can be restaurant, beach, certain field, anything like that. Oh, man. I, well, I love going to the fields, uh, but there was a ice cream shop in Chatham. And uh, maybe Sunday school, something along those lines. It was well, really good. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> something, something like that. It was really good. And then uh, I'll go that and the squire was a lot of fun, you know, going after games or, uh, you know, on the weekend at times, that was a lot of fun. So those are probably my tactics. Love it. All right. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? I think it would be uh, super speed just because I can go anywhere as fast as I can. You know, I don't have to dread a long car drive. I can get there and, you know, five seconds. So. <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> All right. What is one thing that people don't know about you? Oh, man. What uh, don't they know about me? The people know I love baseball, but what they don't know about me, uh, I really enjoy. <laughs> oh, man. It's a hard this one. Is a tough, <laughs> this, is, this is a tough one. What don't people know about me? Or at least not a lot of people. <laughs> um, 
I guess I really enjoy, you know, just sitting back on my phone, I guess. Just not doing anything, like currently no TV on, uh, just sitting back on my phone or, or even just, you know, taking naps, I guess. I take a lot of naps. Relaxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, relaxing. I guess that all encompasses just relaxing, um, taking a lot of naps. That's good. Okay, if you could spend an afternoon with any athlete in history, who would it be? I think I'd go with Michael Jordan. Um, you know, just doing what he did in the game of basketball is amazing. Um, but in a close second, like a baseball person would probably be Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. Um, you know, him, me and my brothers, you know, we grew up kind of just looking at him and being like, well, we want to be like him. We didn't hit lefty or throw lefty, but we were like, that's what we want to be like. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd have to go with Michael Jordan and Kenny Griffey Jr. Love it. Last one. What is your baseball superstition or ritual, if you have one? Yeah, I, I think I have one, but I wouldn't say they're, they're as, uh, you know, strict as other guys. You know, I just try to maintain the same stuff I had as my last start, if my last start was good. So, you know, say... Uh, putting my socks on, putting the same socks on, obviously washed, uh, <laughs> putting the same socks on, same sliders on, same like uh, undershirt on, same cleat, that's a big one for me, um, same hat, same jersey, things like that. Um, trying keeping things the same, I think um, kind of clears my mind up, but like, all right, you know, you're in the mode to go and repeat this, if not do better. Um, so that's, that's definitely uh, my biggest I guess, superstition. Awesome. Well, that's it for today, Josiah. I appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is Emma Carmen signing off from Cape League Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well as follow us on social media at official CCBL on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for all watching and have a wonderful week.